happy Poetry Month, everyone. This is Gail Brandeis. I'm the Editor-in-Chief of Teferit Journal, which is a magazine dedicated to promoting tolerance and compassion through literature and art. And this is our bi-monthly podcast, Teferit Talk. We have a really incredible treat in store for you today. The U.S. Poet Laureate himself, Juan Felipe Herrera, will be with us very soon. He's the author of numerous collections of poetry and books for young readers, and he's just an all-around marvelous human being. We're working on getting uh, the connection with him right now, so I'll, I'll talk to you a little bit about Juan Felipe um, while we're waiting to connect. He is just a great guy. The last time I saw him was about three years ago when he was the California State Poet Laureate. I was the Inlandia Literary Laureate, which was more regional in Southern California. And we um, were part of a guerrilla poetry reading together in downtown Riverside where we sort of stormed uh, the center of town, the downtown space with poetry. Uh, he brought some of his students with uh, him and I had some of my poetry friends and we just brought poetry to that space. And he's really done the same thing with our country, um, flooding our country with poetry as U.S. Poet Laureate. So let me read a little bit about him as we're waiting for, uh, for him to join us. Juan Felipe Herrera is the author of 28 books of poetry. YA novels and collections for children, including Half the World in Light, new and selected poems that came out in 2008 and won the National Book Critics Circle Award, as well as the International Latino Book Award. His other honors, which are many, include fellowships from the Guggenheim Foundation and the National Endowment of the Arts, two Latino Hall of Fame Poetry Awards, and a Penn Beyond Margin Award. He was elected a chancellor for the Academy of American Poets in 2011 and served as California Poet Laureate from 2012 to 2015. In 2016, he was awarded the Robert Kirsch Award for Lifetime Achievement at the 36th LA Times Book Prize. And he was first appointed U.S. Poet Laureate in 2015 and um, is completing his second term as Poet Laureate right now. And I'm really eager to talk to him about his various projects as Laureate, which have been fascinating and communal and just beautiful. So as we're waiting for him, um, I just want to say I hope you're all having a wonderful National Poetry Month. I participated in a beautiful festival last weekend myself, the first annual Sierra Poetry Festival in Grass Valley, California. And it's always such a treat to be amongst other poets and celebrate poetry, which is very much what Juan Felipe does. I think he might be with us. Um, Juan Felipe, are you there? Yes, uh -huh. yes I am. Hi, yes, I got out hi. Of it's yes. so wonderful to hear your voice. <laughs> Welcome well, to Ferret. It's, it's, it's such a, a treat. I, I wish that we were in a room together, but I'm just so delighted to be able to connect with you this way by voice. Oh. And thank you so much for joining us. It's really such an honor and a pleasure and a joy. You're welcome. You yeah, welcome, Gail. I, uh, I'm so happy that you invited me too. And wishing you the best and your husband the best. As well. Thank you. Yes, he's yeah. um, he's recovering after our ER 
sojourn last night. Um, but thank oh. you very much. I so appreciate oh, that. You're welcome. And you're welcome. I don't think that we've spoken since you've, at least by voice, we've emailed each other, but I don't think we've spoken voice to voice since you've been U.S. Poet no. Laureate. And I just want to <sighs> express my deepest congratulations and excitement. And I think the U.S. couldn't have asked for a better, more generous, more inspiring Poet Laureate, and you've had an incredible run. These two terms have just been so inspiring to me, and thank you so much for all that you bring to our country oh, and you. to the world with your work. It's, um, well, thank you, Gail. It's really such a treat. Oh, of course, of course. Thank you. Um, let's say one of the things that really strikes me about you and your work is your generosity, your deep generosity in including other voices into your work. Um, I know that when you were California Poet Laureate, you created the most incredible and biggest and most amazing poem on unity <laughs> in the world. Those are your words. That's the title, which was amazing. And, <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah. And then as, as U.S. Poet Laureate, you created La Familia, which was also an epic collaborative poem that could hold everyone's voice. And I would just love to hear you talk a little bit about your inspiration for these communal projects and what it was like for you to build poems in community with so many voices. Well, you know, uh, uh, just like yourself, you know, you, you also do so much good for so many people with uh with what you do and, and your poetry as well uh Thank you're you. right uh, you know that's uh, true but you're right you know poetry is uh you know it's, it's in everybody's hands you know it's in everybody's hearts it's in everybody's lives and in everybody's lang languages and and cultures and home and neighborhood and experience and history so um what i like to do is just in I, when I, you know, I just, I just feel it in, in, in my, in my heart, and my life that that's, that's a good thing, and we have to open all doors, yeah. not just one or two. So that's what these projects, yeah. projects are all about. That's what they're all about. And, uh, and uh, sometimes I, uh, I'm on stage. I was in Santana, California, uh, a few weeks ago, and I said, I, I told the audience, I said, if you just put five words. Uh, from another language that you can learn five words and put them in your poetry. Mm -hmm. uh, let's say it's in English, or it could be in another language too. And uh, use those words. You're going to expand uh, the reach of your poem um, at least by mm -hmm. five million. At least by five, by oh, million. That's beautiful. And sure. then when I got and I said, I know. And then when I uh, and I said, uh, uh, and because uh, I had used uh, Maraming Salamat in a poem, which is, uh, thank you very much, in, uh, in Tagalog, Filipino. And I said that in, uh, mm -hmm. in a, put that, I sprinkled it into a poem, and then I, I made that statement. And then after the whole reading, at the signature table, uh, one, a woman came up and she said, that's the first time I've ever heard uh, anyone say uh, something in, in, uh, in Filipino, uh, Mm -hmm. on that stage that you were on, on any stage. So that's how it is. Mm -hmm. You know, we need to open all the doors and uh, all yeah. all peoples and 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 acknowledge people and acknowledge ourselves. So that's that's it just happens naturally, Gail. It's a natural thing. Yeah. Well it's it's such a gift that you give 
by by sharing this what comes naturally to you. I can remember an event you did somewhere in the Inlandia region <laughs> years ago where you were talking to families and I loved how you you shared with them you, you asked parents to tell stories that, you know, perhaps if they have trouble reading they could tell stories and that's just as important for literacy and I love yeah. Just how how inclusive that was, how how you made storytelling accessible, even for people who struggle with reading or writing, that all That's of our right. voices are important and that you honored that, that you are able to to just show the importance of the word for for all of us and that's such a beautiful thing. Well you're right you're right, Gail, you oh. know. Uh you know, because when we work with families uh, and you know, all of us uh, have families, and all of us know families. And and sometimes our families feel like they're not smart enough because every their children or 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 their children uh, have gone to college, and then or they're in school, in elementary school, or middle or high school, and they feel they kind of they feel cut off, and or they cut themselves off, or their children cut them off because they figure. Well, they don't understand what I'm doing at school, mm-hmm. and then the parents figure, I don't know what to tell my child because I have never went to school. I, I don't know that much English. Mm-hmm. When in fact, uh, they themselves are a university of knowledge and experience. Yeah. And all we got to do is say, just just come out and tell a story and the words you know, and they're amazing words. They're beautiful words. So you know that's. That's what we do, huh, Gail? It it is. It is. Yeah. <laughs> you do it so beautifully. You you're such an innovative and exciting teacher. I can recall um, one of your former students telling me at UCR about uh, an exercise you did, where you had the students walk in a circle with paper pressed to one another's backs and. The students actually wrote poems on each other's backs as they were walking, <laughs> and that just—I've <laughs> taught poetry in movement classes before, but I had never considered doing something like that. And I just love how you bring so much creativity and innovation to your teaching, and uh, it's such oh, a beautiful you. thing. And I—I I wonder just um, for for those you know budding or even you know flowering poets out there. Yeah. What sort of words of advice you have to to tap into their own creativity? How do you how do you um, encourage students to sort of think outside of their own box? What are what are some good tools just to give our listeners to when they turn to their own poetry? Well, you know, uh, that's a good question. You know, uh, have fun with uh, have fun with words. You know, you know many words already. You know many ways of using words already. Uh, you have a lot of unique experiences. All of your experiences are unique already. And your own style of uh, who you are, you have that already. And that's what you need. All the things you need to be uh, 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 an artist, you have. You don't have unique elements, unique materials, unique experience, unique way of looking at the world. So, so all you have to do now is just let, let, all, let yourself run free. You've got to let yourself mm-hmm. run free. So you've got to let your words run free. If you think of the word tostadas, well, put that word down. 
you know, tostadas on paper. <laughs> I just did that <laughs> while I'm talking to you. If you like the <laughs> word, um, <laughs> if you like the word sheriff, isn't that an interesting word? I mean, that's an interesting <laughs> sheriff. Has the word riff in it, <laughs> and has the word share in it. Oh. So you got those. Those, those are interesting words. So tostadas, sheriff, and then put your favorite color. Let's see. I'm, I'm, this is my third line. The first line is tostadas. Second line is sheriff. And third <laughs> line, I'm going to put cerulean. Cerulean. What a mm-hmm. word. Cerulean. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put blue. Cerulean blue. So I'm going to have tostadas, sheriff, cerulean blue. And, you know, that's, that's, I can leave it just like that and call it a poem, by the way. I can add to it and call it a poem. I could write a, a memory about tostadas. I could tell a, a, a story about Sheriff, and I could just take off on the color of cerulean blue, one of the colors mm. that Chagall loves. And so yeah. then you look at Chagall's paintings. So, so that's what I like to do, but then you have ways of, what you like to do, so play with play with words and let your arm just fly around the paper and relax and you're home free. Have have faith oh, in yourself, that. you know? Have faith in yourself. Yeah. It's hard to do. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much there's, there's so much yeah. pressure, you know. Uh uh there's yeah. much pressure on how to behave and who to be and what we should be and uh, how to walk and uh, you know how to dress up and and uh, you know what you need to do to get a grade and what you need to do to be successful quote unquote we have all these things mm-hmm. pressing upon us so so just put those to rest, give all that stuff a little rest, put them on a little cot, and give them a little break <laughs> and and they just come out and uh smiling and and have fun uh with your imagination. And words. You can start with the words if you want to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. And yeah. no, you're I welcome. love you know, how you you bring so much playfulness to your work, but you also are able to address really serious issues in your work. And I think one thing that you've yeah. done incredibly is respond to issues of the day through poetry, whether it's a mass shooting. You know, unfortunately, we just had another shooting in San Bernardino today or responding to police violence. Yeah, there was, I don't know if you heard, there was a school shooting in San Bernardino this morning. um, No, I didn't. Which was just awful. Um, Oh, man. Yeah. And and I think, you know, the way that you respond to these horrific events through poetry is so powerful and can be so healing. And... I would love to hear your thoughts about what is the role of poet, the poet in our culture? Um, how, how do we, you know, navigate being a poet in the world and addressing these, these issues, these hard things, but still somehow maintaining hope? That's one thing that I find so striking about your work is you're able to tap into anger and, you know, just, there's horrific things that need to be changed, but you manage to do it in a hopeful way somehow. And I, I would just love to hear about your own experience of, of, you know, addressing current events in your work and what is the place of the poet in our world today? Well, you know, that's, that's another 
fabulous question. Well, you know the the the, the place and role of the of the poor today is the same thing as the place and role of a human being today. You know, it's nothing different. Uh, so, if you feel uh, shocked or sad or helpless because of something something that's taken place, uh, like shootings, it's not much we can do. You know, once they take place, it's it's done. You know, mm-hmm. but we, what we can do um, is uh, offer uh, a gift, uh, offer uh, a gift of consolation, a gift of hope, or a gift of reflection, or a gift of uh, friendship, even if we don't know each other, uh, and which all these a poem can do. All these a poem can do. And a gift of insight. Ideally, somewhere in there, we want to find insight. Friendship is an insight. So all we have to do all uh, all we have to do is is just write as loosely and as simply and as easily as possible and about what has taken place as loosely easily and as relaxed as possible and that's it it's like writing a letter to a friend that that's it you're not writing a letter to uh, you're not writing a letter to um, get into a uh, theoretical university. You're writing a letter mm-hmm. to a friend. And in that letter, you're going to say, uh, something happened today. There was a shooting. I wasn't there. I was over here. I want to mm-hmm. write this poem for that school and for that family. And this is all I can say today. And it is the deepest gift I have to offer. And then you put a period at the end of it. Well, you don't have to put a period mm-hmm. at the end of it. And then you can give it a title. It could be called, This is All I Have to Offer. And that's it. And then you you, you, uh, you can print it and hand it out to friends. And you can send it to the local newspaper. Or you can send it to the principal of that school. And guess mm-hmm. what? They're going to see it and they're going to read it. And you and I was, are not going to be interested in having it, having a response of it's a great poem. You and I are not going to be interested in, uh, oh, we want to know about you so we can write an article about you. We're not going to be interested in that. We're not going to have any interest. What we're going to have is just write it, send it, give it away, and step back. And that's the freest poem, and that's the poem uh, that will definitely touch somebody's heart, and you will have done something. Um, incredible, and yet very human oh. and simple. Yes, that's such yeah, that's... helpful and empowering advice. Thank you. I know that oh, people welcome. hearing that are going to to feel eager to get to the page. I find myself <laughs> wanting to get to the page now, just listening to you, and I'm, I'm so grateful for that. Could oh, you welcome, please yeah. grace us with one of your own poems? Oh, I would love to oh, try to you, share you, some you... of your own poetry. You uh, you got me on that. I I, I forgot all about, I forgot all about that. Let me see if oh, I can. Okay. Uh, okay. Let me yeah, see if, if I you're can, able to find one. Let me see if I can find one for you in ten seconds flat. Okay. Let me see <laughs> okay. if I can find that one of my poems, uh, on the uh, on the uh, cell phone or on a laptop. If I can look up uh, the poem uh, at the crossroads. A certain American oh, poem. Oh, that would be wonderful. 
I know it's at the uh, yeah. Academy of American Poets okay. website. So um, I just yeah. told that to Anthony Cody, one of our poets here at uh, the Laureate Lab at Fresno State. And uh, he's going to look it up as fast as he can. He's, a, he's, a, oh, he's in the MFA cool. program. So he's, he's oh, busy great. at well, helping me out. <laughs> well, he's wonderful. While he's doing that, would, could you tell us about the Laureate Lab? Because that's something that's going to you know, exist beyond your laureateship. And I would love to hear what happens within that laureate lab. Well, you know, we're going to definitely, uh, we're going to inaugurate it uh, in, uh, in, in May. Uh, I think we're going to inaugurate it on, yeah. the, on May 11th. So it's, uh, it's a beautiful space here at the uh, Henry Madden uh, Main Library here at Fresno State. And it uh, has a, a number of large uh, it's one big, giant, large room and another one and an office, all in one. And it has plastic walls, so you can... It's a, The whole idea is to take poetry into other artistic mediums. So we have a big... Mm-hmm. We have two giant, three giant plastic walls that you can draw on and paint on. Oh, so there, oh that's amazing. There, so you, that's how you can paint your poem and draw your poem or just stretch your poem out uh, and okay. 30 feet wide. So that's you wow. can do that. We have a good old-fashioned wooden, busted up but perfect uh, drafting wooden tables. So that means you can um, you can cut paper on top of them. You can bang little hammers on them. So you can construct <laughs> a poem with wires or cardboard or oh, wow. plaster. <laughs> so and then you have uh, just people coming in and painting and drawing and talking to each other and composing on little Casio uh, uh, keyboards. Uh, I just did something with one of my <laughs> colleagues here on campus. We, we created some songs with music out of poems, and one of our students who passed away, we used her poem uh, so we could honor uh-huh. her, Mia. Mia Barraza Martinez, one of my grad assistants, uh, got in a terrible car crash and died, so we were honoring her with a song at the Library of oh. Congress. How about that? And with oh, a chamber that's beautiful. I'm so State. sorry about yeah. her loss. Yeah. I had read about her, and she sounded like an amazing person. Oh, yes. and I'm grateful to know about her through you. Oh, yes. She was yeah. fabulous. So so we have a poem. Well, on, it, oh, it, that's, the, that's the Laureate Lab, and you're all invited. Gail, you got to come down. And uh, I would love to. It sounds like such and, such a wonderful, inspiring space. That'll be cool, and we can invite you, and you can give a little uh, workshop, and then you can fall in and have fun too. You always do. I would love to do you're, that. I love that you're idea. You're an honorary you. and natural poet lab, laureate <laughs> lab uh, poet. <laughs> I think I, I could so, run wild in that place. That would be great. I think so. I, we definitely want you to run wild here. It's a requirement, <laughs> and you'd be perfect. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. And, I'm uh, curious the to know the about the future. Do you know what's going to happen with the future of the laureate program, the U.S. Poet Laureate program, after after you're done with your tenure there? Um I, I worry well, with arts funding whether it will continue, and I'm curious to know what's in store. Well, you're right. You know, uh, 
I hear a lot of things about the arts funding. And uh, so we, we all need to uh, support, uh, as always, our, uh, you know, our NEA and all our arts uh, peoples yeah. and organizations. That's for sure. And uh, let's do that. And the laureate yeah. uh, program, uh, I was talking, well, you know, Rob Casper is a, 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 takes care of a lot of things on at the Library of Congress as well as the Department of Literature and Poetry, Poetry Center, uh, where the laureate office is based. We have my little office up there, by the way, and uh, which right. I'm going to be handing over. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure, as, as far as my conversations go with Rob, that uh, uh, I want to have to pack up fast because a new laureate is going to step in on the on the uh, uh, pretty soon. I'm I'm finishing up on the oh. 26th of April. I'll be going down there. We have a big celebration of singers and, and music and uh, poetry and big uh, poetry hugs to everyone on the 26th of April. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. amazing. And that's open to the public? That's open to the public. So everybody in Riverside and, and the inland, Inlandia, you're all totally invited <laughs> and throughout California and, and beyond to uh, come over to um, the Library of Congress on the 26th, and you got to be there for that, sure. I wish I wish I could. That sounds amazing. I, I visited the Library of Congress for the first time when I was in D.C. for AWP earlier this year, and what a beautiful, magical building that is. Oh That's my a magical gosh. building, huh? Uh, yes. A friend of mine called it Book Church, which I think fits <laughs> very well. There's <laughs> a very You're sacred right. feeling in that space. <laughs> It has that feeling? It's it's mm-hmm. pretty, yeah, pretty amazing. It's pretty deep. I was just holding yeah. uh, Federico Garcia Lorca's chapbook of poems, uh, published in mm-hmm. 1936. Can you believe that? A chapbook oh, of poems oh. by Lorca. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. That was great. Yeah, beautiful book. Beautiful chapbook. Wonderful. And how did you get the news about being laureate? That must have been incredible news to receive. That was incredible news. I was uh, teaching at the University of Washington, Seattle. And Uh Rob Casper, again, the director of uh, the Literature and Poetry Center at uh, the Library of Congress, he said, can you uh, make sure you're there in your office? Uh, Because I want to call you on such and such date in May. I forgot the date. I think it was the 21st. I was sure, but why, why did we need to make an appointment so far ahead in time? It was all, that's nothing. I just, just, <laughs> just be sure you're there in your office, okay? Okay, I'll be there. I, I forgot how long it was, but he, he said, I'll be there. So I, I told him, I'll be there. Okay, okay. I mean, you could have just, you can just talk naturally. So I got the phone <laughs> call, and I thought, it, I thought it was Rob, and I was making all kinds of jokes. And then at the other end of the line, the person said, uh, hello, is this Mr. Herrera? I go, oh, okay, yes. And uh, it wasn't Robert. It wasn't Rob Casper. It, it was the um, assistant to the uh, head of li- head librarian, Dr. James Billington, uh, at the Library hmm. of Congress, who was the head of the whole library, uh, who makes the final oh, wow. choice of the laureates. <laughs> so he was very kind, and and he said good things about my poetry. And uh, I was wondering where this was leading. And then he said, well, let me get to the point. Uh, would you be mm-hmm. interested in 
being our next poet laureate of the United States, uh, 21st <laughs> Poet Laureate. I go, yes, of course, Dr. Billington. So w- would you like to do that? Would you like to be the actual, our actual new poet laureate? I go, yes, Dr. Billington. I said it kind of an interesting voice. And I guess <laughs> it, it was a very, it was a shocking question. And then he says, well, he says, do you have any questions, uh, Juan Felipe? Not at this time, uh, Dr. Billington. <laughs> so, so that's oh. how it took place. Imagine, and then wow, everything that's else was. Just, it's been a tsunami, Gail. It's been a tsunami. Of and you, you've audiences. written that. Yes. Some, yes, you you've written it like a like a surfer. You've you've created so much beauty and power out of your laureateship and. Like you know, as I mentioned, you just have been so generous with it, and I think you've used these two years so beautifully and so, um, I don't know, in a way that I think has changed many people's lives. So thank you well, for for creating that space. Do you have your poem available? Oh yes, uh huh. Well, thank you for saying all those good things too, uh, Gail. You're too kind, and but I do, I do have it. And it's right in front of me. Wonderful. It's it's called um, At the Crossroads, A Sudden American Poem. And it's dedicated to Philando Castillo, Alton Sterling, Dallas Police Officers, Lorne Ahrens, Michael Crow, Michael J. Smith, Brent Thompson and Patrick Samaripa, and all their families, and to all those injured. This is about those mass, those terrible, those terrible shootings in Dallas. Okay. Let us celebrate the lives of all. As we reflect and pray and meditate on their brutal deaths, let us celebrate those who marched that night, who spoke of peace and chanted, Black Lives Matter. Let us celebrate the officers dressed in blues, ready to protect, Let us know the departed as we did not know them before. Their faces, bodies, names, what they loved, their words, the stories they often spoke before we turned to the usual business of our days. Let us know their lives intimately. Let us take this moment, and impossible as this may sound, let us find the beauty in their lives in the midst of this sudden and never imagined vanishing. Let us consider the Dallas shooter. What made him? What happened in Afghanistan? What flames burned inside? Who is that man in Baton Rouge with a red shirt selling CDs in the parking lot? Who is that man in Minnesota toppled on the car seat with a perforated arm and a continent-shaped flood of blood on his white tee, who was that man prone and gone by the night pillar of El Centro College in Dallas. This could be the first step in the new evaluation of our society. This could be the first step of all of our lives. Thank you for that. And thank you for building step after step for all of us 
to take that next step into our lives with compassion, with creativity, with authenticity, with beauty, with truth. I just am so, so grateful for your work and for you in the world and for you being here today. Thank you so much for joining us, Juan Felipe. It's oh, been such a pleasure well, to talk with you. Thank you, Gail. You're the you're the truly best, and I appreciate you uh, putting me on the air. Thank you so much. Thank you, and I hope our paths will cross soon. I, I hope I'll have a chance to visit your lab. Let's do that. And we'll read together. That would be such and, a treat. And wear fancy clothes and dance. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's on. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you so much, and I'm so eager to see what you continue to do after your laureateship is over. I know that you will continue to find ways to raise all of our voices. And well, you thank you so you'll much. You'll be raising them too. Thank you, Gail. Thank you so much. Thank you, Bye. and hopefully we'll we'll connect soon. Let's do that. Okay. Thank you. Yes. All right, again, I'm Gail Brandeis. This has been To Ferret Talk. Such a joy to talk to our U.S. Poet Laureate, Juan Felipe Herrera, during this National Poetry Month. Please join us again May 17th at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time when we'll have the wonderful novelist Helma Willitzer with us. And now, on behalf of To Ferret Talk Interviews, here's a brief word from Donna Berstein founder and publisher of Tapera Journal. Good night. Hi, this is Donna Bearstein, founder and publisher of Tapera Journal. We first began to publish authors of different faiths and cultural backgrounds in 2004. I had recently been introduced to the word Tapera, which means heart, compassion, and reconciliation of opposites. Thirteen years after the launch of our magazine, our world finds itself perhaps more divisive than ever. Reconciliation of seeming opposites is key. I truly hope you enjoy these new to Ferret Talk interviews as much as we do. I hope, too, that you will visit our website at toferretjournal.com to subscribe to our quarterly magazine, participate in our writing retreats and community forums, or donate to our mission of promoting tolerance through literature and art. Thank you so much for listening.